Welcome, official bitches and fellas. Sorry for my throat. I did just wake up a little while ago, but I also think that, like, I don't know. I'm, like, catching something or... I don't know. Yesterday I started sneezing like crazy. I thought it was just allergies because it was, like, breezy and I was outside. I don't know. You guys know that my mind goes nuts. Anyways, so, um, I... Let's... I mean, let's get started. I know that, like, I promise you guys the world and then I don't fucking deliver. This, I mean, it's, eh. I am an actions girl. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I do fucking bring it. But with the podcast, it's just always put on the back burner. Always, 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 always. And I don't know why. Um, even though I have, like, two or three episodes recorded prehand they're not edited so I got I guess that's where I failed and I didn't have time to edit them when I was supposed to release so I'm just a really bad podcast um person host whatever um I wish I was Alexandra Cooper so that I could just like fucking record and like get paid 60 million dollars for it because then I'd really fucking do it um if you don't know who that is, she has a podcast called Call Her Daddy, and it is the shit. She is the Glock Glock 3000. So, um, anyways, that's, like, totally perverted, but it's, like, basically she explains to you how to give head, like, the best head, the best blowjob you'll ever give in your life. Um, but she's funny. Anyways, um, so last episode was, um, what episode was it? I can't even remember. Um, oh, my, my vent and, um, but my vent and me realizing that, like, I've moved on, basically. The funniest thing is, um, like, I had so many people, like, you were so nice to those fucking haters. And I was like, really? Like, I mean, I, I guess I am. I, I don't know. I don't really give a fuck about them. And I didn't want to like work myself up over it. I still don't. I, it is what it is. Um, but it was, um, it was real. It was funny. It was funny that I have so many friends that were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why don't you rip them harder? But whatever they like, fuck them. Um, I had some people write me and were like, who do you think it is? Like, well, I'm like, I have no fucking clue. I don't even know. Oh my God. I, I know I tell you this all the time, but you guys have no idea how shocking it is when someone tells you they listen and you wouldn't think that they listen. Like that shit is crazy. Um, so I do have two things I want to talk about today. Um, first let me give you a quick little update um southern gent is still around i we have met we've been on a few dates now um he's great i i like him i would be lying if i'm saying that i'm not avoiding um maybe like a red flag maybe even two two red flags i'm kind of avoiding them i'm kind of like closing a blind eye to them because I just like him so much. Um, they're not huge, but they are little red flags that I know they're the red flags. And I'm just like, have you guys ever seen that meme that says like, um, leave when you see the first red flag. And then it says like, dot, 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 you guys should, but I won't like, that's me. Like I'm gonna get on here and be like, you guys are dumb bitches, like fucking leave. But then I'm like, oh, but he's perfect. Yeah, that's me. Um, and he really is perfect. Like, he's just fucking amazing. Um, he, I don't know. I'm I'm the girl, I think I've told you guys this. When I really like a person, I will become needy and clingy. And if you can deal with that, like, not like, oh my God, I need you here every five seconds. Like, no, I still have a fucking life. And I still want them to have a life. And I still want my own space. And I still want, like, my freedom. But, like, I do become pretty clingy. Like, talk to me. Tell me what you're doing. Like, tell me you miss me. Tell me you love me. Not really love me, but I will tell him, like, tell me you love me. (laughs) And, like, he's, it throws him off all the time. But I'm like, not like that. Like, I know you're not in love with me, but, like, I don't know. That's just me, guys. It's just me. Um, but he is still around. We are, um, yeah, we're doing well. I'm actually supposed to see Soulmate this week. 
Um, we'll see. I don't know. I put my foot down with soulmate. So if I see him this week, it's because he actually listened to my, um, rules of seeing me and that doesn't usually go over well. So we'll see what happens. But, um, if I do see him, (laughs) obviously I don't like fucking Southern Jet more than my soulmate obviously, because I don't know how to fucking leave the soulmate alone. Um, but since my birthday is coming, which obviously I will remind you guys, but it's in like 14 days, like two weeks. Um, I am going to go see the soulmate. I always see him for my birthday. Um, but either way, he's like, we just haven't seen each other. Anyways, that's my life update. Oh wait, I did go on a date. I did want to talk to you guys about this because I want to tell you guys how fucked up I am. I went on a date last week and I really, really liked this guy. Um, he, or I liked, okay, let me rephrase that. I liked the way he set up our date. Like we literally probably, we matched, we probably exchanged like 20 messages within a couple days and very basic messages. Like, where do you live? What do you do? Do you have kids? You know, like basic messages. And then he sent me a a message and was like, hey, um, do you want to meet up for a drink or dinner? And I was like, absolutely. And he was like, okay, because I would much rather meet somebody than like have fucking pen pal talks. Like I fucking hate that shit. So he was like, do you want to meet next week? And I was like, yeah. So he was like, okay, I will hit you up within a couple days with the location and the time to meet me there. And I was like, okay, well, he like cleared the day with me. And I was like, okay. So, um, he literally hit me up like four days later, sent me the open table reservation and the address. And he was like, I'll see you here at eight. And I was like, what the fuck? Like it was a huge, like huge, he got so many points for that. Just taking fucking initiative. He doesn't live here. So he probably Googled, it was a sushi spot. He probably Googled like reviews on a good sushi spot up here. And it was a little hole in the wall. He showed up, he was on time. He was dressed nice, like perfect, like perfect. Um, we didn't even really talk. He called me once throughout that week, like when on his way home from work, we talked for like five minutes and he was like, all right, I gotta go. I got things to do. I just got off work. Like I'll talk to you later. And it was just so fucking mature and I loved it. So we go on the state and I liked him. There was no, absolutely nothing wrong with him. He's attractive. He, um, had good conversation. He has a good job. He has a shit together. He has no kids. Um, he travels, which is like really important to me. Um, hygiene is also very important to me on point. His outfit, like everything, like everything was perfect. Everything was perfect. After we went, um, to eat, he was like, do you want to grab a drink? Like it's still early. So we went over to this bar and had a drink and he was social. Um, everything about him was perfect. Let me tell you why he wasn't perfect guys. Let me tell you why I don't, at this point, maybe I'm stringing him along because he wants a second date. And I'm like, eh, um, I don't ghost people though. Like I'll tell them like, I don't, uh, something was wrong, but I can't even send him that text message. Like what's wrong? Because I don't know what's wrong. Um, so here's what's wrong. He's Mexican from like Mexico, but he's been here since he was like a little, little kid. So English, perfect, everything. Um, But when I asked him, there's two things that like threw me completely off. When I asked him if he dances, he said, I've danced before. And I was like, "Mm, I think we've all danced like once in our life. Like, are you saying like you danced at a quinceanera once? Like, what the fuck does I've danced before mean? And he was like, I mean, I don't go dancing. I don't dance like I but I've danced before. And I was like, "Okay, weird, because that's like important to me. And then um, I asked him, like, if he has boots, Because every fucking Mexican man should have boots, right? Like, I know a lot of you are going to write me and be like, I'm Mexican and I don't have boots. I get it. But my style, like, have boots. Like, who doesn't have boots? You you have to have boots. You're fucking Mexican. And you don't, like, I don't know. It was just, you're obviously on my time. I'm at fucking Marisco's Weekly. Like, obviously, I like dancing. Obviously, 
you need to have boots. Obviously, like, Southern Gent, I was like, we're going to Boot Barn. Like, you're getting, like, he has boots, but, like, he's not Mexican. I mean, he's Mexican, but he's not Mexican like that. But he has his boots. But I'm like, you need different boots. You need to go get a whole fucking new wardrobe. We're going to Boot Barn. We're, we're hooking you up. Like, this guy, like, he doesn't even own boots. Like, and my mother was like, that's suspicious. <laughs> I was like, you guys are so stupid. Anyways, so I don't, I think that was like, just, nah, you're okay. Even though like, I'm going to fucking ignore a red flag with the Southern gent. Like, really? I don't know. I'm really fucked up, guys. I'm really fucked up. I've decided this. Um, okay. So on to the episode. We are going to talk about two things. I um, went to, I guess, semi-boundaries. Like, I, I was really proud of myself, but also... Uh, it's just good. Listen. Okay. So over the weekend, um, I had been invited months ago to a birthday party for my ex's cousin. And mind you, you guys all know we were together for 18 years. So since I was 15 years old, I've known this family. I have, um, I'm lying. I met them when I was 16. Um, I've, spent we used to spend every Sunday with his family and obviously I became super close to this family and to his entire family I mean it's not just these people but to his entire family I've become very close and you guys know how hard it's been for me to distinguish where I stand in everything and it was um very 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 nerve-wracking for me to go to this party Um, but the person at the party was for, I'm still, I have still remained close to, I adore her. I love her. Um, and she's not just like, come to my party. Like, she's also like, come visit me at my house. Like, it's not just a party thing for her. Like we have an actual relationship. So I felt really bad not going. Um, so I had been basically preparing myself to go to this party. And I even, I've become very close to one of her sisters um, throughout this whole divorce process. And, um, I even like was talking to her about it, telling her like, I'm nervous about going blah, blah, blah. And she was like, you need to like, be careful. Like you don't want to be set back. Like, you know, blah, 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 which was my biggest fear. My biggest fear, I had two huge fears, I guess three. One was being around my ex. I have spent 18 years on the arm of that man, next to that man, sitting with that man, serving that man, doing everything with him and being in a public place with him and not being that person for him. I didn't know how that was going to, how I was going to react to that. It was very scary for me. Um, Number two was being around his family his family, as I've said before, is a very sensitive subject for me. Um, and I was terrified. I was terrified of seeing them. I was terrified of, I guess, our greeting or our salutations. <laughs> like, I I didn't know um, their reaction to me. I didn't know my reaction to them. Um I didn't want to see them because I thought it would trigger me into just being sad. Um, I was very afraid to be there um, with them. Um, And then thirdly, I was afraid of the acceptance, the talk of the actual family because this was going to be a huge party. So I was afraid of people being like, what is she doing here? Like, she's not part of this family anymore. Like, you know, like, you don't really know how everyone's going to react. Like I've said a million times, there's people on both sides of his family, his mom's side, his dad's side, that talk to me. And they keep a relationship with, open relationship with me and consider me part of their family and invite me to all their events and whatever. And that's one of the main reasons I went as well is I'm invited often to a lot of things. And I'm constantly like, no, I'm not going to go. And I feel sad and bad that for the host for inviting me because I feel like they extended their hand to me and I'm like, I can't do it. And I feel like that's very selfish because they might have stepped out of their comfort zone or they might have been vulnerable to actually invite me and I'm rejecting them. So 
and I, and I don't want anyone. So anyone who's listening, I don't want anyone to ever think that I don't appreciate the invites. I don't want anyone to ever think that it's personal because it's really not. It's just so much that's not dealt with within myself that I don't know how to accept it and go. Um, and then there's people that don't invite me and, but still talk to me. And I respect that too. Like there's not, I don't, I don't have any feelings one way or the other. However, so I go to this party and my mentality was, um, one thing I will say about my in-laws is we don't speak to each other. Um, so I, was like, how would I, how, am I going to greet them when I go to this house? So I walk into the party and they're the first people right in front of me. I mean, there's like a family. I knew that family too, but there's like a family and then they're like right there. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> so I had no time to think about this. I had no time to process it. I had no time to plan. I just had to dive right in. <laughs> so my grandparent, I mean, my grandma and my mom and my dad or whatever have always taught me respect. No matter what, we respect. So that was just going through my head. But I'm learning, as we all know, I'm learning to not respect people who don't respect me. So I was very torn in between what I'm supposed to do when I've seen these people. So it wasn't all my in-laws. It was just a couple of them. So, um, I said hi to the family that was there. Um, and you know, they were kind of shocked to see me. And then, um, but that family I've actually seen since the divorce. And then I just actually went and said, hello, like shook their hand and whatever. So I walked away into the actual party because they were sitting kind of on the outskirts. I don't know. I'm giving you a visual because I'm a detailed person. Leave me alone. So I go into the actual party and, um, everyone, everyone was so happy to see me. Like I could not tell you guys how much validation that gave me of a validation that I didn't even know. I have been working on myself for so long that I have not needed validation from a single soul on this earth for years now. But they gave me a validation that I never knew I needed. The excitement in so many people's faces and their reactions to sing me. Um, One person even cried. Um, One lady ran up to me and was like, I have not seen you since you were pregnant. Like, I am so excited to see. Like, I mean, just... And no one was weird about it. No one was questioning it. No one was like, why are you here? No one was, no one even made me feel weird. And the best thing I think that, I mean, I'm going to go into detail about a few more things, but the best thing that I felt, I think, was that one guy that was there, um, he's a family member. I haven't spoke to him since. And I've always thought that him and I had a good relationship. I mean, we're not best friends. It was never, you know, anything like great, grand, whatever. But we've always had a good relationship. But I've never spoken to him since I left. Um, I've seen him a few times. I've actually gone to his house a few times. But we've never had a conversation again. And I feel like in our lives, we've always had conversations. And um, when I was leaving, I went to go say goodbye to this person. And he like stopped me and he was like, so what's new? And had this full on conversation with me for like a good 10 minutes and just kind of updated me on his life and, you know, like all these things. And it made me feel so fucking good. Like I cannot explain to you. Like I was just on cloud nine. Like they had that family and... I guess, I don't know, maybe I haven't talked about it enough, but that family made me feel so fucking important to them as a person. As like, okay, we understand you're not married to this man anymore, but like, you're us. Like, you're, we love you for you. And, um, like, not my position, I guess. And it was just seriously the best feeling. Um, there was confusion in my mind, I guess, because certain people I've heard say things about me and they came and be like, 
pretended to be my best friend um, while I was there. I don't, I didn't even fucking, I'm not, I wasn't dealing with that. I'm not questioning it, whatever. They can do whatever they want. Um, But it was really, 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 really validation that I needed. I never knew I needed it, but I've had such a hard time struggling with the idea that I'm no longer accepted into this life that I've had for so long. I mean, 18 years, guys, this person, it was her 40th birthday party. I remember her 21st birthday. Like, that's how long I've been in their life. And to just not only lose my husband, but lose my best friend and my best friend's family and my in-laws, I lost them too. And maybe I didn't lose them to the point that they've left me, like they've left me, you know, high and dry like everyone else, but they, they're no longer active in my life as they once were. And I don't get to see them interact with my children. I don't get to see all these things that I've always thought I'd always see and that would be in my life forever. And yeah, I was there and I was in front of all of them and they were so happy to see me. They were so happy to see me. Like, I don't think there was one person that didn't give me like huge eyes, big hugs. Even the men, even the old men were like, oh my gosh, like everyone was just like, Tina's here. Like it was just, and I I know I'm tooting my own horn right now or it sounds like it, but it was it was really what I needed. I was so relieved that I went. And I did, um, when I got there, my ex wasn't there yet. So, and I don't even know where my in-laws disappeared to, but I didn't see them like in the crowd. Maybe they were, and I just didn't notice them. But, um, my ex wasn't there yet. And in my mind, and I even told my sister and told the Southern gent and everything who the Southern gent gave me some really good advice and it like gave him major points. But, um, I told my sister and everyone, like, as soon as my ex got there, I was leaving. Um, Another weird thing is it was my ex's night with the kids, so he had the kids. And I was like, what do I do? Do I mom them? Like, do I, like, go get them? Do I take care of them? Like, how does that work? Like, is there a fucking rule book to, like, custody when you're, like, in public? I don't know. It was weird. Um, But I went and... um, before him because I knew he was going to be late so because he's late to everything so I was like if I get there early then I can spend at least some time there and then I don't have to worry about seeing him so um that's exactly what I did I um got there early when I seen him drive up like he pulled up and once I seen him I was like okay I gotta go so little by little like within a few minutes I started to make my rounds to say goodbye to people um and I did that because of boundaries. I did that because I knew that he was going to set off a lot of triggers for me. Not just triggers in making me sad, because I'm sure he still has the capability of making me sad. It hasn't happened in a long time, knock on wood. But I'm sure he's still capable of making me sad. So... I knew that there was going to be triggers for me, whether he's just on his phone and that bothers me, um, whether he's not taking care of the kids I want him to, whether um, he looks uncomfortable and then I feel like I'm overstepping, whether he's an asshole to me, whether he goes and shows off, whether he, all these things, you know, um, it, I knew that I needed to get out before he was able to have any access to me. So he didn't do anything, luckily. He just was kind of a jerk for like two seconds, but I just walked away. Um, but it was, it was not, it didn't, he didn't trigger me at all. It, there was no triggers. So it was perfect. But um, when I was leaving, I was saying bye to people and people because I had just gotten there. I had only been there for like maybe 30 minutes. Um, And um, a lot of people were like, no, don't leave. Like, it's okay. You guys can stay. Like, you guys can be in the same spot. Like, we're all good. Like, we want you here. We miss you. We want to catch up. Like, every single person almost. And I'm like, no. One girl was like, just come sit over here. Just sit in this corner with me. Another girl was like, here, get a beer. Get a beer. If You can leave once you finish this beer. And like, everyone was just more like, 
stay, stay, stay. And I had to stand my ground. Like I had to be like, I have to go. I have to go. I knew if I stayed, it would just hurt me. So I had to have these boundaries and make sure that I, they were set and I stuck to them. Um, but as I was leaving, um, I, I, as you guys all know, um, he, I hate saying it this way, but he has nephews and, um, these are my babies, my babies, my heart and soul, these boys. And, um, I have maintained a relationship with them since everything happened, but I haven't maintained a relationship with them for about six months now, maybe, uh, it's been about eight months. Um, and as I always say, like, I'm not getting into that, but, um, I seen them and to see their eyes light up when they seen me, first of all, the little one didn't even recognize me. Like I don't look that different, but I guess he didn't recognize me. Like he actually had to do like a double take. Um, and, but the older one, like his eyes lit up. He hugged me so hard. I ended up like going down to his level and talking to him and he like updated me on his whole life, like very quickly. And it was just the best feeling in the entire world to see them, to just hug them and love them. Like I, I've missed them so much. And when I was leaving, I was like, I love you guys. Like I made sure to let them know how much I love them, how much I miss them, how much I think about them. And I don't ever want them to ever think that like, I, I don't care. Cause I, that's the farthest thing from them that remains. Um, so I left and I thought it was, um, perfect. I mean, I think the number I, and I, the funny thing is I got this question from a, probably about three or four people, um, that don't listen to the podcast. I'm pretty sure these people don't listen to the podcast. Um, but the, the best questions I think that I got, and this question came in different forms was how am I liking single life? And, um, if I was involved with anyone and I thought it was hilarious because I'm like, either they're a trying to get cheese or B, they're just like, Hey, like this girl's been basically locked up since she was 16 years old. And now she's a whole new person. And like, what's your life like? You know, I, I pretty much think that's what they were saying. And it was hilarious because I was like, it's, it is what it is. But one um, person asked me, um, uh, but this person and I kind of had a longer conversation and they asked me, um, what, which, how I was feeling emotionally, like, which did I prefer the single life or the married life? And I was like, Hmm, that's an interesting question. I said, you know, and I think I've said this before on the podcast, I didn't just want the kids. I wanted the family. I, I didn't just want the kids who wants to be a single mom. No one. Um, so yeah, of course, of course I wanted, I I would love to have my family, but I'm not going to have my family. So I'm fine. I'm absolutely okay. Um, and he was like, that's good. He's like, you seriously look great and you look happy and you're glowing and this, that, and the other. And that was one thing too, that I think made me feel really good. Like I've told you guys in the past, you guys tell me like, I can hear in your voice that you're stronger. I can hear in your voice that you're happy. I can hear in your voice that you're not sad. I can hear in your voice that you're not triggered. Like you guys tell me all these things. Um, but to hear, to see all these people who have seen me my entire life and seen me grow up and helped practically raise me and them to tell me like, Hey Tina, you're fucking glowing. Like you look so happy. Um, it was, it was a good feeling. Um, especially when you hear that from many different people, many different avenues that your ex is, looks miserable. Um, it was a feeling that like, okay, I'm doing okay. And not that I'm, I'm happy that he's not doing okay if he's not doing okay, but it just makes me feel like I'm doing something right. Like I'm, it's my insides are projecting to the exterior of me. And that's really good. That means that my work is getting done. Like that means that I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it was really good. By the time I left, 
I felt um, very empowered. I felt um, very good. I was glad that I went in the end. I um, I really was. Does this mean that I want to go to Disneyland with him? Absolutely not. But I'm glad that I finally broke open that door and I took a step in and I went and now maybe I'll go in the future if I'm invited and maybe little by little I can stay longer and longer and longer and, you know, like get through it. So I know all of you are wondering what did the ex say about me being there? Um, Prior to me going, he sent me a text message about two weeks ago and said, are you going? I don't know who in the grapevine told him. But um, I told him I wasn't sure because that was the truth. I was back and forth with it a lot. Um, so I told him I wasn't sure. And that was it. He didn't ask again. Afterwards, um, he didn't say a word to me, but he did tell me something yesterday. He just said, um, you being there on Saturday doesn't bother me one way or the other. Um, and he said, that's he said it was very clear to me Saturday night. I don't know what that meant or which avenue he was taking on that. Um, but my response to him was, I was that I, it wasn't for him. It wasn't, it had nothing to do with him. Um, and it really didn't. Um, but one thing that it did show me, because again, remember number one was that I was afraid that I wouldn't know how to not be his wife. But what it did show me is that I have a place in this world, in this life, in that family, in general. And my place has always been at his side. My place has always been his wife. My place has always been that person, I, a wife in general. My place has always been this respectful woman that I was raised to be. And when I left that party and actually sat and dealt with everything that I had just went through and processed emotions and journaled and did whatnot, I realized I am okay with my new placement in life. My new placement is no longer on his arm. My my new placement is no longer to his side. My new placement is no longer his wife, but it's okay because I still have a place in this certain scenario. I still have a place as Tina, as a human, as someone that they care about, as someone that they love. And that was exactly what I loved about this experience is that it showed me I still had a place in these people's lives, even though I wasn't the same place that I've been their entire lives, the entire time that they've known me, but I still had a place. And it honestly made me feel because remember we i've I've had anxiety for a long time about him actually introducing people to our family and friends. He's already done it. I don't know if he's continuing to do it with these new girlfriends or ex girl I don't even know whatever his life is right now um but I've always been very fearful of them being around family because that's my place. That's, that's who, that's mine. Like you can't take that from me. Like that's what those are. That's my family. That's what I've built for all these years. But now I look at it as that, that would be her place. Like that's no longer my place. That's her place. And she can have that place because I don't need you to be the reason that I'm in that place. Because now I know the reason I'm in the place in general, the reason I'm in the building in general is simply because of me, because of who I am, because of how I treated these people all these years, because of how much I've loved them and impacted their life. And because of the relationships that we grew, the bonds that we grew, and I don't need him by my side in order to keep those going. And that's something that I didn't know. I never knew. Um, so I loved it. I, I loved it. It was absolutely the best feeling ever. And I left when I needed to, and I'm completely fine with all of it. It just turned out perfectly. Um, so I just wanted to share that with you guys because it's very, um, it was very eye-opening for me. It was a, it was a huge moment in my healing process. It was a huge moment in my 
self um, acknowledgement, I guess. It, I get uh, one funny thing is I we hang out with this twenty four year old all the fucking time. I don't know why, but I love this kid. His name's Alabama. He's actually well, we named him Alabama. He's going to be actually a guest on the show at some point, hopefully very soon. I know I say that all the time, but hopefully soon. Um, and he didn't know I was a mom because he's never met my kids. One thing about my kids is if I, whatever I do on the weekends, my kids don't go with me because they're always with their dad. They, he refuses to switch weekends. So I have this whole life that no one has ever met my kids. My kids are like this fucking figment, my imagination to a lot of people. And we were at a party and Alabama was there and I said something about my kids and he like, he's from the South, obviously Alabama. He like jumps up and he's like, you're a mama. And I was like, yes, I'm a mom. He was like, you didn't tell me you're a mama. And I started laughing. And I was like, that's not who I am. Like, that's a role that I have. But I'm not like, I'm not going around being like, I'm a mom. Hi, I'm Tina. I'm a mom. Like, you don't do that. So it, I told him, it's just, it doesn't say who I am. It's just, I am a mom. Yes. And he, um, I, like, it doesn't define me. But that's kind of the situation that held with this party this weekend. It doesn't didn't define me define me that I am this man's wife. Like it just I'm Tina. I was his wife, but I'm Tina. In the end, I'm Tina. And they all love me for me. And it was beautiful. It was perfect. It was everything I needed. I, I absolutely loved it. So um to all the listeners on that side of town that listens, thank you for loving me and accepting me and making me feel welcomed. And I hope this is a turning point in the idea that I'll see you guys maybe more often now. I don't know. We'll see. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, the idea that I am this new person, right? Um, and I, I hate saying that because I feel like I'm tuning my own horn when I say that, but, um, obviously, as I've said before, once you have surgery, the confidence radiates, you step into this whole new person, like even outfits I wear and everything are things that I never wear. Like I've gone on a million dates up until now and I will wear like sandals or even boots, whatever. I'll wear whatever to these dates. When I met Soulmate, I was wearing cowboy boots. Like, I'll, you know, whatever. Not that I never cared what I look like, but this last date, I literally got like dressed from head to toe and wore heels and all of my jewelry and every like it was like, you know, like two different people. So you learn this like confidence. And not only that, I've learned a new style. I've learned because I have a new body so I can wear different things. So, um, I was talking to someone who hadn't seen me since my surgery. We went out to get drinks. It was a group of people. And um, they were, like, just amazed at the new me. And one of the guys that was with us was like, um, you know, you can even tell in your personality. Like, you're just happier and you're just kind of like the life of the party and blah, blah, blah. These people haven't known me that long, maybe a few years. Um, but they did know me as a married person as well. Um, and I was like, yeah, like, you know, I'm happy. I'm, I'm just a happy person. Like, I mean, I'm not saying I'm the happiest I've ever been. I will never say that, but I'm happy and I'm, I'm very happy. Um, but anyways, one of the girls was like, can you give me she's her and her wife were there with us and they're young they're probably like 22 23 god why am I hanging out with young people no these people are basically like they used to be my neighbors um so anyways they were like can you give us advice for like us so that we don't end up like you guys because we look at you guys as like the perfect couple every time we've seen you guys every time we hung out with you guys every time we're at your house like you guys were happy. You guys were fun. You guys loved each other. You guys were affectionate. You guys were everything. Like, can you, I don't want us to end up, she's like, it's so scary to me to think that like, it could literally change in the blink of the eye and you had no idea. And I get that a lot. I get that a lot from listeners, um, subscribers, whatever, even just friends and family that are like, you really didn't see a sign. Like it really just happened overnight. And yeah, the answer is yes. There were no signs. There were absolutely no signs. We, 
it was not a facade. I've no, I know I've said this a million times. Our relationship, our marriage was not a facade. It, it was as perfect as the outside looked. Um, so I understand that's very scary for people to see. It was fucking crazy to me. Imagine like I, even for Southern gent, I'm waiting for the fucking ball to drop. I'm waiting for the shoe to just come off and me be like, oh, there you are. Um, it gives me trust issues. It's for sure. So she, she doesn't listen to the podcast, but she was like, it just scares me to know that I was literally at your house like two weeks before it happened. And then all of a sudden, like you guys hate each other. And I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. Um, and I was like, you know, I don't, I don't really have advice. Like I, I guess just communicate. I said, I don't really know. I don't know where it went wrong. So I can't really give you the advice. And she's like, what would you have done differently? And I'm like, nothing, because I don't even know what happened. So if I knew what happened, then I can probably come in and be like, "Mm, you know what you should do differently is like, love him more, be more understanding, be this, be that. I know that one thing for me, I didn't tell her this, but one thing for me is I know that my ex was an introvert and I accepted that. And that's probably something I shouldn't have done. I probably shouldn't have accepted and let him be an introvert. I should have forced him to speak his feelings or tried to get them out of him. But I didn't because I felt like I was respecting his boundaries of not wanting to talk about anything. So I never did. I just allowed him to not talk. Um, whether it was a fight, whether it was feelings, whether it was a death, whatever it was, I just allowed him to not talk to me. So that's one thing that I wish I would have changed. Maybe it would have helped. Maybe it wouldn't have. I don't know. But, um, she said, why do you think it was so easy for him to jump out of this marriage so quickly? She said, and with you being pregnant. And I said, Hmm, that's a really good question said, I don't know. And she was like, you can't like basically pinpoint it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? I said, here's, here's something that I recently come to. And they're both there. I'm talking to both of them. I said, you know, I never strayed in our marriage. Never. I had many reasons to, um, but I never did. I never strayed. I stuck it out. I knew that this was what I was signed up for. I knew the pain of straying and I would have never done it. So everything I ever knew was from this man. I was 15 years old when I met him. I, the way I kiss, the way I have sex, the way I love, the way I listen, the way I talk, the way I serve him, the way I cook, the way I keep a house clean, the way I laugh, the way I respect, the way I dress, every single thing that I have learned in 18 years was by this man. Now, I can tell you the exact turning point of when I knew he could never do it for me again. And that turning point was when I was with my soulmate. I we had a moment when we were having sex one night and I freaked out by what he was doing basically. And he like kind of froze. Okay. I'm going to get a little, a little bit, um, deep right now. Um, he, soulmate and I have a great sex life. We, I mean, top notch. No one's ever compared since. Um, and one night we, I mean, we're very open and comfortable with each other. And one night he took it very slow and I started to feel very vulnerable, vulnerable as in a sense that I had never felt that vulnerability before. And I freaked out and I stopped him and he was like, what? And I was like, I don't think I can handle this. Like I, I, I didn't know what to do. And I realized that I had never lived that vulnerability with my ex. And once I came out of that, I realized, wow, I've just experienced something that I had never experienced in 18 years. And I can't ever go back because I could, I will crave this for the rest of my life. And that's exactly 
what happened in my marriage. I think that um, when, no, I know that when someone strays, they obviously taste something new. If he would have never strayed, I would have always been enough for him. I would have, the way I was as a wife, as a person, as a lover, as a partner, as a spouse, as all the things would have been sufficient for him because that's what we built our life on. He didn't know any better as neither did I. But if I would have strayed, I would have came back and been like, no, I know there's something better out there. Just like my kids. Until my kids were two years old, they didn't have seasonings in their food. Um, I would make sure that because I had read when I was pregnant um, that if the longer you keep their taste buds bland, the more open their palate is to taste anything and eat everything. And I cannot deal with picky kids. I cannot do it. Like it drives me nuts. So I made sure that up until they were two years old, they had minimal, minimal, minimal sugar. They still don't have juice and sugar and stuff. Well, not with me. I'm sure with their dad, they do. Um, but their food was always very bland. I, if I cooked anything like for like all their food that I would cook for them, I didn't put seasonings in it. Maybe I'd put salt every now and then or pepper every now and then, but like I didn't put all these seasonings in it because I wanted them to have this bland taste bud so that they never knew what they were missing. So that's what it comes to with the marriage. I never knew what I was missing because I never walked out of it. He knew what he was missing and what he needed in life and what he wanted in life and what he was craving in life because he had had so many affairs. And his first affair came three years after we were married. So I don't want to speak for him, but three years after we're married, he had this long affair that he fell in love with this woman and he realized, hey, I like this, that, and the other, and I don't get that from Tina. And maybe it was something that just sat in his brain forever, but I know for me, and maybe he was never satisfied at that point on, I don't know, but as for me, I was telling these girls, if I would have strayed just one time, just one time, let's say it wasn't with soulmate. Let's say it wasn't with anyone that I actually cared about. So soulmate, nerd boy. I mean, they're pretty much it at this point, huh? God, I'm such a fucking whore. But let's say it was like, I don't know, um, the student. I like the student. Student's funny. He's cool. He's, you know, he's whatever. But me and the student would never have a relationship. But when I think about like string, if I were to have strayed with someone like the student, I would be like, eh, no. But if I, but I would have tasted a different sexual appetite at that point. And would sex ever have been enough with my ex? I don't know. I mean, obviously there's two different studies there. There's two different ways of doing things. There's two different lifestyles there. And because I never strayed, I was content. I didn't know what I was missing. I had no idea what I was missing. None at all. But now I know 1000% that he would never do it for me anymore. Not in any aspect almost. The only aspects I would think that he does it for me at this point is the fact that we can get along. I mean, not anymore, but we used to. Our banter was great. We we're good friends. Like we laughed a lot together. We never got sick of each other. We had the same style and taste and like foods and vacations and like talking to people. And like, we got along good as that core of us was great. And the love I thought was pretty strong. I would do anything for him and he would do anything for me. So it was very, those things that I guess would be the foundation was, was strong, were, are still there, are still present. I mean, we hide them tremendously because we don't want them anymore. We fight them like crazy, but those foundations were great for us. However, I, he could never be what I need anymore because sexually he would never be enough. Uh, mentally, he would never be enough emotionally, he would never be enough. 
Maturity, he'd never be enough. Financially, he'd never be enough. Provider-wise, he'd never be enough. He's proved so many things to me, and I've been shown so many other ways now in my life that he would never be enough to me. And I follow this girl on TikTok who's like an affair um, specialist or something. Like she had like a long-term affair, and she's basically saying like, Affairs are fake. Affairs fuck your mind up. Affairs, like, it's a, she's really good. Um, and I was listening to her one day talk, and she was saying that um, you mentally, psych- psychologically, you go into this state of blissfulness when you're in an affair, and nothing can go right. I mean, nothing can go yeah, right in your home, in your at-home relationship, because this person does it better in every single aspect. Now, imagine if I did stray. Imagine if I did go have an affair and I had an affair with soulmate. Can you imagine how miserable my life would have been when I got home to him? I, oh my God, I can't even think about it. Like, no way in fucking hell would I ever choose my ex over soulmate. Never, ever. Like that's, I couldn't even tell you what soulmate did for me in nine months doesn't compare to what I lived for 18 years. And I don't mean that to be a bitch. I don't mean that to be harsh. I loved my husband. I loved my life with him. I enjoyed every single aspect of it. And if you would have asked me back then, I was very happily married. There was nothing that could have taken me away from that man. I mean, look how long it took me to get over him. However, now that I've tasted the world and now that I've met soulmate, let's say, now he could never do it for me anymore. And I guess what I'm trying to say is, I don't know if this new me of this like strength that I have and this idea that I no longer want anything from this man comes from me realizing this man doesn't do it for me anymore. This man can never come back and me be genuinely happy because he's not, he's not, even if I know I say that he died, my husband died, and I truly believe that. Um, And that's probably the hardest part that I have with it currently is that I just miss him, that I just miss like having a conversation with him, laughing with him. Like I miss that aspect of us. Um, But that's all I miss now. I don't, I know what I'm looking for. I know what I want and I know it's not him anymore. And that's a really, 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 good place to be, but a really hard pill to swallow. It's definitely something that I never thought I would get to. Um, He was the end all be all. Everyone, in fact, when I first started dating, I would compare people to him. I would look for him in other people. And now I look at dating people and I think like, oh, that reminds me of him, like deuces. And it's not because I hate him. It's because I think like, is that going to lead you to the X, Y, and Z? Because I don't want to deal with that anymore. Like, I'm over that. Like, I don't want to, no. Like, this past guy, this guy that I went on a date with on Friday, I asked him because he is very Mexican culture-wise, raised in a very Mexican family, has nine siblings. Um, I asked him, like, how close are you to your mom? And he was like, uh, I'm not that close. He's like, I mean, she lives like three hours from me. So I don't see her that often, maybe like once a month, whatever. He's like, I talked to her, but she's, you know, closer to my other siblings, whatever. And I'm like, oh, and I kind of thought about my, as he's asking me that I thought to myself, like, why am I asking that? But I think I asked it because not that I don't, I, I never minded my in-laws being around. I, I loved them. I appreciated them. I adored them. I wanted to be around them. But I realize now that I'm out of that, that like, that weighed heavy on our life. The fact that his family was very involved in our life weighed heavy on our life. And now I have to kind of weed that out from people that I'm dating because I can walk away. I They don't have to please me. Obviously, we're on a date. And if they don't fit, they don't fit. But I have to weed these things out now. So now that my eyes are open to a whole new world, I can look at a lot of different things in our lives 
in my dating life and life in general and think like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. I'm not settling for that. We're not coping with this. I don't want that. You need to do this. And I'm allowed to do that now. But the molded girl that was there when I was 16 years old, that stayed until I was 32 years old, um, she doesn't exist and she doesn't want to exist. And she's opened her eyes now and she's seen the world and she's felt the world and she's kissed other lips and she's had sex with other people and she's broadened her horizons. And now I look at the girl that I was for 18 years and think that girl was naive. That girl knew nothing. That girl had no idea what she was doing in every aspect, in every aspect. And the crazy thing is I've done all this growing, right? I've done all this healing, but it will come back and it will stab you like a fucking knife without you even knowing it. Case in point, I never was confident with my ex ever, 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 ever. It didn't matter at all. I was never confident. I, he could have probably went and bought me a dress and shoes and had my hair done and my makeup done. And I would have walked in front of him and still felt like I was wearing a fucking trash bag. And I felt that way because I had a wondering eye. He was just never, he was never into me the way that I knew that I wanted someone to be into me or that I knew that I feel. Now I know, now I know what it's like to be wanted. Now I know what it's like to be desired. Now I know all these things. Um, but one thing is lingerie and I, it's, uh, okay, whatever. Um, one thing's lingerie. I, um, once actually on our honeymoon, which should have been a huge red flag for me. Um, but I didn't know red flags, obviously. Um, I put on lingerie and came out of the bathroom and we had this huge, beautiful, beautiful suite in Cancun. And I come out of the bathroom and I, you know, whatever, I'm in lingerie. And it wasn't even like sexy, sexy lingerie. Like it was like a teddy and, you know, whatever. And um, he laughed and he was like, what are you wearing? And it wasn't like a, what are you wearing type thing? It was like a laugh. And I was like, oh, it was just comfortable. Like I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. Like, and I'm crying. I crying now because I'm crying for her. (laughs) Um, But back then I just got into bed and he went to sleep and I stayed awake thinking like, maybe this isn't like, maybe I see this on TV, but like, maybe this isn't real because I was only 19 years old. Like I didn't know any better. I didn't know that that wasn't okay, but I knew it made me feel not okay. And, um, never again, never again did I ever try it ever again in our entire life. In 15 years, did I ever try to be sexy for him ever again? Um, he shut that down within days of being married. And, when I moved out of our house, I had all this lingerie. I have tons of lingerie from like my bridal shower, my bachelorette parties, and they all had tags on them. They all have tags on them. And when I moved out of the house and I got that drawer and I was like, holy shit, there's tons of them. I didn't know at the time whether to throw them away or not. And, um, I decided to keep them. I, for whatever reason I did, maybe I was in a, I don't know, whatever. So I, when I got to my new house, I threw them all in a drawer and closed it again. Like, I don't think about it. I don't talk about it. Nothing. Well, Southern gent loves lingerie. Like he's mentioned it to me several times now. And one day he was having like a really bad day. He was frustrated, whatever. Um, and I was like, oh, let me be cute and swoon him. Cause he's always swooning me. Like, you know, So I don't, I wasn't going to send him nudes or anything of the sort, but I was like, I can at least do a little cute little photo shoot with lingerie and send it to him, right? So just to swoon him, just to get his reaction, just to make him happy for the moment. And I do my makeup, do my hair, do it all. And I go into the room and do like a little photo shoot. And then I send him the pictures. 
Well, he responds and he responds correctly and he's super happy about it, right? But his response was too bland to me. And it was too bland to me because all I seen was my ex in that response, even though it was nothing like that. Like he liked it. He used emojis. He did it all. But I, and he was appreciative of it, but I couldn't, I went back to that 19 year old girl and I was embarrassed and vulnerable and freaking out that he just made me feel stupid. And he didn't, he had nothing to do with it. He did nothing. And I immediately call my best friend that I'm not allowed to talk about on here and Monica and I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, I like, look at, look at what he said. Look what he did. And they're both like, Tina, you're damaged. Like the, he didn't do anything wrong. He, that was a good response. And I'm like, no, it wasn't like, why couldn't he be like, oh my God, you're so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, no, no. Like, are you kidding me? And it, I hung up and I like sat there and I just kind of dealt with what just happened. And I realized No, I went back. I went all the way back to when I was 19 years old and I was came out of that bathroom and I expected him to have that reaction or if it, I expected him to have that reaction when he didn't give me that reaction. It was like, okay, a relief. But then it was like, let me sabotage this because he didn't give me the wow factor. He didn't give me the you're so beautiful. Oh my God, I want to come over and rip it off. Like, I don't even know what I was expecting from him, but he didn't give me this huge, extravagant, blown up answer. So because he didn't, I was like, whoa, like you fuck, you fucking dick. And he, he was so confused. He even wrote me. He was like, he called me. I didn't answer. And then he wrote me and he's like, I'm very confused on what just happened. I don't know how I embarrassed you. I don't like, he was so fucking confused. And I, poor guy, like I feel so bad for him. And I was like, yeah, that just, I, it was just me. And I had to end up calling him at the end of the night and telling him like, look, I'm going to tell you something and I just hope you understand. Like, don't think I'm crazy. And he was like, okay. And I told him everything or the story. And he was just like, yeah, no, I, I, no, I loved it. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I will ensure that I give a much better response next time. And I was like, this is trauma. This is damage. That was damage. Um, so yeah, when I say he could never do it for me anymore, these are the reasons I have moved on. I'm a whole different person and I would have known that years ago if I would have strayed, but I took my vows seriously. I knew what I wanted. I wanted him. I wanted him for the rest of my life and now he could never do it ever again. And I no longer, I could never understand. One thing I could never understand was why I wasn't jealous of his girlfriends, why I wasn't jealous of them. I wasn't a girl about it. I was never like, like his new girlfriends. I was never like, why do they get him? And I don't, why is she better? And I'm not, I've never felt that way. Like I've never felt like this pure jealousy that comes from it. And I realize now I don't because I'm not jealous of them. Like you can have that life. I don't want that life back. I don't want him back. Like, trust me, you can have that. Not worried about it. No competition whatsoever. In fact, I told him the other day we got into a little debacle because one of his new girlfriends or something, I don't even know who it is, but someone's trying to stalk my pages and it pisses me off. So, and they're a very bad stalker because how do you fucking like a picture? Like, you ha- you're really, do better, girl. Like, don't like a picture. Um, and I told him, like, I don't, like, tell her to leave me the fuck alone and move on to one of your other girlfriends because I don't have pool. I didn't even have pool when I was your wife. I didn't have pool when I was your pregnant wife. I'm not one she has to worry about. And when I said that, I said it out of, like, anger and to, like, just because I was mad and going off. But... Then I realized like, 
no, I'm, it was real. <laughs> like, that's a true statement. I didn't have pool as his wife. Like, he didn't respect me. I didn't have competition with anyone. I didn't even have pool as his pregnant wife. He didn't respect me. I didn't have competition with anyone. Everyone else was my competition. So, no, go ahead and live that life, girl. Do you. Do him. Do whatever you're going to do. I'm not jealous of that whatsoever. What I was, what I've been jealous of, what I have such a hard time with is thinking of, this fake facade that I put in my head of this future that I wanted with him and the family that she gets to have and the life that I once had, but I no longer want that life and I no longer need that family. And I, I've just come so far from all these things, which is probably why I'm not jealous of these girls. Um, But anyways, there's your quick morning thrown together podcast. I don't know. I just, I guess it's like another, all of this shit thrown together in one piece. Um, And things I want to talk to you guys about. My brain goes nuts and that's what you guys get out of it. Anyways, have a good week. Um, Fuck the world. Be happy. And love you bitches and fellas. I will talk to you soon.